0: Life is learned looking backwards, but it's lived looking forward. One of the worst scenarios to be in is when you feel like you've lost control. You're a victim of circumstances. And to get out of that victim mentality and say, what's the opportunity?
1: What could loving your neighbor actually look like? Welcome to the Journey with Care podcast, your online community of sojourners who are growing more loving in neighborhoods all across Canada. We'll navigate into hot topics about child welfare, faith and reconciliation. Be challenged with real life stories and honest conversations that will inspire you to love others well. We're glad you've joined us on this journey with care. Well, today is an exciting day where we kick off a new series, What Gets You Up? And with me in studio, I have Daryl Kaler, Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Wendy. I'm excited to be here.
1: It is so good to have you. I was excited to have you as our first person on this series of what gets you up in the morning. We're going to give you a little bit more introduction of who you are, but let me ask you a personal question. What gets you up in the morning?
0: Well, my first response to that comes to mind is a good cup of coffee and a look outside. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) That's just what I love to do in the morning. But beyond that, just getting deeper, really it's to help people and to uh, help people find purpose in in life.
1: So how have you found that to be true? What outlets have you been involved with?
0: Yeah, well, I'm always intrigued by culture, how different people are, how unique they are, and languages. So I I get passionate and find it exciting to help people discover who they are and discover their unique life purpose. And often words that I use for myself is to equip, empower, and encourage people to live a life of purpose. And, you know, involved with that, I can't not talk about my family. I'm married and we've got four kids. And so that stuff just gets me going. And, and it's part of a pathway that I've, I'm personally continuing through or have come through of discovering my own sense of meaning and, and purpose.
1: So walk me through that a little bit. Fun fact You're my brother, uh, so that's always fun, but it wasn't because we were related that I wanted you on the show, although that's a, a nice fun fact aside, you do this professionally as your job, but I believe that your journey to this profession has been profound. Tell me a little about your personal journey. Can you give me a few highlights of your journey? Have you always known what you're good at? Have you always known what you love to do? Have you learned the hard way? What's some of your journey like?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, currently I have a company called Scope Leadership Development that takes me to different countries and different languages and cultures and, and across Canada doing leadership development work, but that's not, you know, I didn't start out with that in mind way back. Uh, in fact, if I if I go back, I would say that I was quite a shy kid. I loved the outdoors uh, and I preferred to be outside with the animals or, or nature more than being in front of, especially in front of a crowd of people, even if, if they were my peers, although I've always loved people and that's been important, but it's been a life journey, including my faith, discovering more about myself, asking some questions. So, so what's the purpose? What is it that I want to dedicate my time for? And so that process of going through that, there's been a number of changes and transitions that I've faced in life. Not all of them easy ones or desirable ones, but a lot of good ones as well. So I've lived in a few, provinces and countries and speak more than one language and have lived cross-culturally. And so those things have all impacted me and been part of a process of of getting to know myself better. And then along the way, there've been some tough moments as well.
1: Well, those tough moments can be the greatest professors of our yeah. life, right? Um, what are What's an example possibly of a, a really tough part in your journey that taught you a little bit more about yourself?
0: Well, just for clarity, one that wasn't a tough one was getting married. And so you talk (laughs) about having blending two cultures in a home, although we have a similar, I would say an ethnic background, Elaine and myself, but you learn a lot when you live with somebody on that and then having children. So that's one piece. But as far as tough uh, things, one would be moving away from home, moving out of province, moving out of country, moving into another country and language that I didn't understand and really asking... Who am I here? I feel like a baby in a new setting. You know, we can question our own self-worth sometime in in that type of change. And then, you know, I've, I've always been one personality-wise, we can get into that later, but, but I, I tend to seek stability uh, in relationships, in, in the process, but uh, being pushed out of the nest on certain things. And some of those transitions were steps of faith that I chose uh, to take and others were circumstances where it was time to move on.
1: So with being pushed out of the nest, are you saying that that was helpful? Those times where you sort of forced out of your comfort, what are some examples of moments where you were pushed out of your comfort, you're pushed out of the nest and you learned to fly and you're like, Hey, I didn't even know I could do this. Have you had some of those aha moments throughout some of your journey?
0: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. You know, I can, I can think of one, you know, like I told you, personality wise, I'll have a tendency to seek stability and be loyal and faithful and kind of the slow and steady hand on the wheel or the steady hand on the wheel. I don't like to think of it as slow necessarily, That might be negative, but, but in some of my, my toughest moments realized where it was almost impossible to keep going and I had to face the choice and, and decided, you know, one specific instant I can remember deciding it's time to move on. And I, and I stepped out really unsure.
1: So what were the indicators that you knew you had to move on, that this wasn't a fit?
0: Well, I, I think I wasn't able to express my gifts and experience and uh, use my passion. It also, you know, I didn't have a sense that I was contributing to something greater, that sense of wasting my time. And that, that was really, really tough.
1: So before you made those decisions to move out into a, a new sphere and be pushed out, what were some indicators in your life that this isn't going well?
0: Yeah, well, you know, stress. Learning to to listen to that inner stress. You know, the the both the positive and the negative. Right. What energizes me and what drains me. That's you know, I can look back and I can have a much clearer picture now. But but at that time, it, it was kind of fuzzy and foggy uh, many times. And so, so that would have been one of them. I I think, you know, that's part of knowing oneself. So for myself, it's really important to have a lack or, or a sense of purpose and vision, clarity in that. Where are we going? Like, what am I part of and where is that, that headed? And if that's not clear, if it's constantly changing, if, if there's not a sense of teamwork toward a common result or action, uh, that starts to just wear me down. And I want to use my time, my talent towards something that's that's going to contribute forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's really important. Something that you just mentioned there or alluded to is that self-awareness is key. And it's not strictly this self-help mush of like just know yourself, but understanding who we are in Christ, that God has created us as gifted beings and leaning into that. Is important, isn't it? And that's something that I've even learned through some of the things that you have walked me through, some of the assessments and leadership consultations that we have done, that you've done for our team, is that awareness really provides a lot of clarity of what you can say yes to and no to and, and a lot of the baggage that we hold on to that we feel like we should do, but isn't ours to hold.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of things that that we don't understand around us, you know, circumstantial things, and and I think we need to be constant learners to be be successful and have have meaning in in life there's a lot of things we can't understand but one of the things that we can always work on is our self-awareness our self-understanding because you know this isn't brain science you go wherever you go so or you're <laughs> always with you and that's why a lot of my time and energy now goes into helping people gain greater self-awareness because uh, whatever circumstance they step into or find themselves in the better they know themselves the more equipped they are to work through those circumstances. And and I used to see, think conflict as much more of a negative thing than I do now.
1: I love um, conflict. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. But people think I do. I, I, I love getting to the grit.
0: Well, and, and knowing you a bit and <laughs> your personality, you, in every conflict, you probably see an opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's not
1: about adding drama yeah. at and, all.
0: And so there's different natural tendencies toward conflict or Tense or stressful life circumstance. Some some people want to fight. Uh, some people want to flee. Some people freeze. And You're some talking
1: people, about the amygdala, the the stress response.
0: <laughs> some people fool, right? Like some people, they, they look happy, but underneath the surface.
1: <laughs> one they're of my not. friends in Toronto. He he added another one. Some people like to frump. They just yeah. kind of like do nothing. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Well, I've seen you over the years go through some some great moments but challenging moments that led to some huge life changes the picture that I see of you right now particular and we're going to shift into understanding a little bit more of scope leadership I'm really excited to talk about that but see you now soar and mm-hmm. that is beautiful when you see somebody in their sweet spot yeah and I think that really ties in well with our series what gets you up Tell me mm-hmm. a little bit more about scope leadership why you started it and what makes you most excited what's your favorite day? What does that look like?
0: Oh, you know, my, my favorite day, I think, is, is when you get those moments of, of seeing somebody really be helped. Just recently, I was back at a company where I'd done some work with, and the owner came to me and said, do you remember so-and-so, one of our managers or supervisors? He um, said, he's not with us anymore. He moved on, you know, as an entrepreneur to start something else that he had interested in. But on his last day, he came into my office, and he told me, I want to thank you for the opportunity of working in this company. The general manager said, do tell me more. He says, you know, that training you put us through, that scope training, it changed my life. It changed how I see myself, changed how I work, changed my marriage, changed my home. He said, in fact, that's why I have the courage to step out. And of course, my goal, and I don't want companies to get scared, is go in and have people know no, more often they stay. Because those strongest people, those best leaders, even not now, but people begin to see themselves for their potential not their problems, not, you know, their self-doubt and, and they want to be part of something that's going somewhere. And so you actually, your retention in general is, is way higher.
1: That's a beautiful example. And I heard this one quote that alive things know how to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is sometimes we put ourselves in toxic or things that make us die a little. Yeah. And we sometimes struggle to find that life. So what I see what you're saying through that example too, that you spoke freedom over that person because you set them free into who they actually were. That's
0: right. Yeah. And that general manager, the last time I was back in his area, he says, when are you coming back next? He says, we want to do more of your training. If that helps people like that, we're investing in it. We want to make a difference.
1: With Scope Leadership, you cover a broad range. You work with governments, you work with nonprofits, you work with churches, businesses. Are there any threads of commonality between all of them? Are they vastly different when you're working with different leaders or are leaders leaders in that self-discovery?
0: Yeah. So Elaine, my wife uh, just ran some stats from last year. 70% of my work was with businesses, uh, 20% with churches and 10% with nonprofits schools, etc, uh, could be local governments, and so on. So here's where I, I use my cross-cultural hat all the time because every organization you step into has a, has a unique culture. And there's some differences between business and churches and nonprofits. However, what I tend to work on is the common principles of human behavior, how we operate and how we can understand ourselves, understand others around us, and work more effectively together to to accomplish what we we need to do. So I I have no problem, you know, using similar materials or or tools that I use. And I, I seek tools that help to point to the basics of human behavior that aren't too, you know, Canadian or North American or that just fit a certain context. But if I work with the principles, then helping to equip and empower and encourage people to apply those into their their context, and and so I always consider I get to work with people that are smart. They're smart, and and they're they're eager to learn. They're typically there because they want to continue growing, and so sometimes they just need that outside voice, a third party, to uh, something to say, just ask the dumb questions, get them thinking, and sometimes it's just going back to the basics, having clarity on that, and moving forward. Of course, in a church context, uh, we're we're going to draw more on on some biblical principles. As well, that, that support, I think, organizational and personal growth uh, in a business, not typically, but uh, the principles are there. So I seek to provide professional tools that will help people. And then the application is, is specific.
1: So I, I think over the years, I've been guinea pig or curious myself over quite a few of those tools. Most recently with the certification you have with Patrick Lencioni with the six working geniuses. yeah, That was a lot of fun and aha moment. We're looking forward to inviting you to our leadership retreat as we work through that. Tell me a little bit in a nutshell that, and also uh, some of the other tools. We won't go into everything here, but some of the tools that many churches and nonprofits and all of the people that you've described here have benefited from. Give us a kind of a snapshot of what that looks like.
0: Yeah. So there's a a few tools we use and then customize that to the specific context. So the one that I use most is called Everything DISC. So DISC is a a personality assessment or or behavioral style assessment. And there's many assessments out there. I think the key value in any assessment is if it's accurate and if it's applied correctly. Um, If it's not used as an excuse, but helps explain our behavior, not excuse it. So that's one I use, there's about seven, eight different applications they have, depending on what the focus is. The one that I use most in churches out of that, call it leading with vision. So it's understanding our leadership style, personally, our team, and then understanding the basic process of of leading positive change. Uh, So that's all kind of under a disc umbrella.
1: Hey, wait! And you got a Ruby Award recently on that, didn't you? Yeah, from yeah, Wiley Publishers. Right. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So uh, I use Everything Disc, which is the reason I use that one. I think it's good quality. The other one I I do is the Five Behaviors uh, model by Patrick Lencioni. So there's a best-selling book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. By Patrick Lintzioni. Yes,
1: it's a great book. I think we'll put the the link in the show notes for anybody that wants to to follow that.
0: Yeah. So last year uh, we had over a thousand people take an online assessment that we took through a workshop. A lot of discovery that happens.
1: So you're literally seeing these aha moments and light bulbs light up a room. Yeah. Tell me what that's like when people get their assessments and you start walking through that self discovery. You're literally there in the room or yeah. online with them as they discover themselves. What does that look like?
0: Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you another example. There's so many I could give, but another one thing, we did a public workshop. So it was was out of country. We'd invited people. And so primarily there were, you know, people from different businesses, um, sent a few people. So one guy came into the room with his boss and he was looking down. I, I intentionally went up to him. I, I shook his hand. It was like the limp fish handshake. And, you know, he didn't look at me. Just that lack of, of confidence you could tell it just really intimidating there maybe (laughs) we're in this hotel conference room and we had all nice and so he's at this training course right and he had a low education coming into this so i made him we start going through this two evenings at the end you could just see his level of confidence going up we had these certificates for everybody he hung around afterwards with his boss and this shy white guy comes up and says could i have a picture (laughs) <laughs> you know, in front of the scope banner and and with certificates, so uh, you just went out, changed. But but here's the other thing. Next year, I was back in the area. We ran another workshop in that area, and he showed up again. This time, he came straight at me with a firm handshake and just looked me in the eye. And he said, "I'm back." He said, "This was has just changed how I see myself and and how I work with the people that I work with. I can you know helps me understand. So that transformation, that's life giving." That keeps me going.
1: That's a really good example. So I'm curious now, from the hundreds and thousands of people you've worked with and that self-discovery, that ha- aha moment, how much is that correlated to their ability to help others? Or is it more of a, a self-help, thanks so much, this makes me a better person? Or how much is it correlated to the other in their way of caring for others?
0: Well, my approach with that always, it, it starts with understanding ourselves. Because that's one person we have some control over. Yeah. (laughs) Even when we don't understand ourselves, you know, I'll someday they'll say like, Daryl, why, why did you do that? Why did you (laughs) say that? Right. But it starts with self-understanding and right next to it. and, And in every workshop, there's the emphasis, it's understanding the people around us, our teammates, the people we work with. And, you know, this works everywhere. You take it home to your family, your school, your community. Any team, church that that you're part of, and so it it goes together, and and we we can't avoid other people. We go through life with other people, and so so it's always relational. But it starts with self, because you know one of the worst things I see people do is fall into the comparison trap, and comparison kills. And you know we want to be like, or wish we were like the other person, or feel less than, and it's it it's just coming to a healthy self-understanding, I I would say, you know, quiet confidence and being more comfortable in our own skin, saying this is who I am, complete with my strengths, but also the challenges or weaknesses.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I'm going to create a scenario, an imaginary scenario here, and you are going to be the consultant for this new workshop that is being hosted. And in your audience, in your room, you have some social workers, you have a few pastors. You have some good people that attend church that aren't necessarily active in the community. You have a business person and a philanthropist. So it's a diverse group. Mm -hmm. How would you work towards helping them work together to tackle some really messy issues, to, to tackle something that they have a common goal towards? And let's face it, Child welfare is a is a big task that even no amount of room like people in a room could solve. Mm-hmm. But they want to care for children and families. How would you work towards them realizing greater potential within themselves and within their community? Um,
0: my general approach or preferred approach to that often is one is beginning you know doing a trust building exercise, which is one reason I often use something like DISC. It it's just Developing a common language, understanding our differences, understanding similarities, and just reminding ourselves, many times just reminding ourselves that we are different, and that's okay. That's how we are. And every person brings something unique to the table. And then that group of individuals need to have clarity or define what do we have in common? Why are we here? What brings us together? And I would say tenaciously focus on that common result. When there are competing agendas, competing visions, we exhaust too much energy and resources internally rather than expending those externally, like outward toward really what we want to accomplish. So for example, the scenario that you set, and, and you would articulate this much better than me, but but I imagine it's helping people. So defining who is it that we want to help? What is it that we want to do? Now, each player will come with unique resources or connections or um strengths that that they will bring to help accomplish that. And so if we see those differences not as competing with each other, but as being in alignment together toward the common result, the common vision or mission that we have, I think there's there's great strength there. We can do much more together in in a group in a team approach than individually.
1: So we've talked about what gets you up in the morning. I'd like to end with a question of what keeps you up at night? What are the things that you hope for that are yet unseen? The things that you are passionate about that you are driven to see resolved here in your lifetime or contribute towards? What keeps you up at night? Well, I think
0: the answer to that would align with what gets me up in the morning. What keeps me up at night is how can we help more people to increase their self-understanding, become more effective at who they are? I don't consider myself old but I do have some road time already. But I I think of it this way, life is short. And so we got one shot at it. And so to live it with purpose, but part of that means not getting overly busy just doing it all, but equipping a people along the way, the next generation in specific, or those around us and leaving a greater impact. And, And we're called, I believe, to live out what our purpose is, right? We're not called to live out the next person's purpose. And that's going to be unique to our time and our... Personality style or our giftings. At, and so, you know, looking at many things. So, so, right now, what keeps me up at night, sometimes literally, is boy, what do we do next? The opportunities are endless. And I, I just see it exploding. Um, the last three years have simply amplified this sense, especially in North America, of this independent living in this isolation. Yes. Um, and so, boy, do we need help? To know how to uh, work together better, I think we do. Uh, we have information like we've never had before, but information does not equal transformation. You need proper application so we get transformation. And, and so I think we need that on every level, whether it's in businesses, churches, schools, organizations. We live in an increasingly diverse world. We always got to be thinking globally. Uh, you know, even these podcasts, who knows where they go? You have an opportunity to touch people. More than you ever had, but also you have that diversity of ideas, and so giving people the soft skills, as some time call it, in in learning how to work together. So everybody's got call it a package of hard skills or technical stuff. You know the stuff they know how to do, and it might be part of their their life calling. But how do you do that with the people around you? We need that, and so I, I see it so much opportunity. You mentioned the working genius is another tool that we're starting to use. Uh, helps teams be more productive together. Um, The five behaviors of a cohesive team. There's no magic bullet. These are simply tools that help a team walk through a process where they can gain greater clarity. Life is learned looking backwards, but it's lived looking forward. And so when you asked before about tough circumstances, one of the worst scenarios to be in is when you feel like you've lost control. Uh, You're a victim of circumstances. And to get out of that victim mentality and say, what's the opportunity that's in it. And it doesn't undermine the difficulty and we can't go back and erase it. Although we need to go back sometimes and deal with stuff. That's why, you know, we have counselors uh, <laughs> that, that help us sometimes go, go deep, but, but in the end, it's so, what are you looking forward to? And it's not always an easy process, but that's what keeps me up at night. Say, how can we do this more? Who will do this next uh, in what context?
1: Well, and that really sums up why we our team has appreciated working with you and how you've helped us help community get better together, because that collaboration is key and we need to work together. So sometimes breaking those silos begins with us as organizations and, and leaders to start reaching out and lead the example of working well together. Mm-hmm. And we've just really appreciated all that you've contributed for our team in making us better. It's helped me... Uh, Change job descriptions based on how people thrive. And you just get, it's just a win win for everybody. Uh, but if other people are interested in learning more about what you do and the services you offer in English and Plotich and Espanol, uh, claro que sí. you, you're always traveling. But if they wanted to uh, catch you on between flights, where would they find you? Maybe give us some, your website.
0: Yeah. So they can go to scopeleadership.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Find Scope Leadership there. And uh, yeah, just get in touch and, and we'd be happy happy to help. And yeah, I'm in mean, this, this process right now. Things have just been growing and growing of organizing more. You know, the stuff I see in other organizations I work with, like I'm always learning. Every day is an opportunity to to learn more. And, and, and I think of it this way, to helping others. It's not coming in and telling a team what to do. You know, 9.9 times out of 10, they're really smart. And they know their stuff better than anybody does in their field, but they sometimes need somebody just to help them process that and come together as a team. and And so that's where I love to work with uh, individuals and teams.
1: Well, thank you, Daryl, for spending this fine afternoon drinking coffee together in my Shasta. It's been a pleasure to have you here, and all the best.
0: Thank you. The pleasure has been mine, Wendy. All the best with Care Impact and the great impact that you're making in Canada and beyond.
1: Thanks for listening to the journey with care podcast where paths connect over real life stories and honest conversations we hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith reconciliation and loving our neighbor Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or follow us in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time.